Welcome to The Kitchen Table, a conversation about faith, music, and culture. Join Shine.fm's ministry director, Brian McIntyre Utter, and his 18-year-old son, Jake, around the table for this week's chat. Hey, thanks everybody for tuning in to The Kitchen Table. We are a father-son podcast that uh, looks at questions of faith. The whole reason we started this father-son podcast was to spark more conversations about faith. My name is Brian. And I'm Jake. This week, we want to look at, of course, music, as we always do. We've got a segment in Culture Shock that uh, is relevant for this week, and uh, we have a faith question. If you would like to send us a faith question, we would love to get those from you to know exactly what you want us to talk mm-hmm. about. That helps us as we uh, prepare these each week. This week, we are going to be looking at a question of, um, what is the Christian responsibility when it comes to protecting God's creation? Yeah. Now, this has been kind of a controversial topic in the church. Quite honestly, this topic has been politicized. It's big money. They've taken it and run with it, and there are different viewpoints and different things. But what we do know as uh, Christians is that God created everything we see and that we are commanded in Scripture to protect His creation. Uh, in fact, uh, we'll discuss that in just a little bit. You know, Now, what's happened recently is that uh, in California— they have outlawed plastic straws. Yeah. Uh-huh. You, you've probably seen that in the news. In fact, there is actually a fine and jail time really? if you use a straw in a certain, uh, I forget which city it is. But Starbucks has uh, done away with straws. Yeah, it was They've like d- they have the, the strawless lids now for like yeah. the, the ice drinks. Now, I question this because the amount of plastic in the straw and now the lids are plastic. Yeah. Now, here's the issue. A lot of what we use is horrible when it comes to being good for the environment. A lot of the plastics mm-hmm. takes forever to... Well, don't they have the, I, I don't know, is it decomposable straws, like the paper ones? They do. They have paper straws, but now they have these lids, which the plastic. lids are plastic. Yeah. Cups are plastic. I know. Uh, when you look at baby's diapers, that, that lasts in landfills literally for eons. Mm-hmm. And so the only other way to do that is to Just stop... Stop! No, you can't oh. burn it either because that's not good for the environment. Well, yeah, I know. Uh, so plastic does not decompose quickly at all. I mean, yeah. it takes eons, which is thousands of years. The only other way of doing that is to go back to cloth diapers, everybody. Mm-hmm. Which is not convenient. That's and, rough, yeah. Yeah, you know, and people out there said, I'm having, because I have a friend who is about ready to have their first child. And they said, we're going cloth diaper. We want to help the environment. And I'm like, well, good for good you. Luck. See how long it takes. When I was a kid, soda was in glass bottles and you recycled them. You actually, you turn them in at the store. Mm -hmm. They're sent to the factory. They're sanitized and washed out and they're refilled. Why don't we move back to that? Because you can recycle glass a lot better than you can ever recycle plastic. Aluminum is another way you can recycle aluminum. What is our responsibility as Christians? It's interesting. I just read an article that uh, the country of Chile in South America has outlawed all plastic bags. Really? So do they use paper bags for like paper groceries? Paper bags, yes. Or the, what's the, the old, they're called Aldi, I re- call them Aldi bags. <laughs> they're just recyclable bags. They're yeah. bags that you can use over and over again. And, and we do, we have those and we use those. Mm-hmm. I honestly feel like they should not make those anymore. Those plastic bags uh, here in the United States. Yeah. Because if you ever go out and just drive. I was like, they're just, fl- they're like. They're the, just flying through the air. They're the city tumbleweeds. Yeah, exactly. City tumbleweeds. And so. We're going to look today at what is our responsibility as Christians when it comes to protecting the environment. Thanks for listening to The Kitchen Table. We're a father-son podcast talking about faith, music, and culture. Our environment is really God's greatest example of his power. 
It's his creation, mm-hmm. right? And he asks us in Scripture to be stewards of his creation. Yeah. In Genesis, right there at the beginning, Adam and Eve, he said to Adam and Eve in Genesis 1:28, be fruitful and increase in numbers. That means have kids, right? Fill the earth and subdue it. There's a question about the word subdue. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. This was the Garden of Eden, which was paradise. Yeah. Sin wasn't involved yet. Mm-hmm. That changed a lot. Yeah. But there's always these questions over these two words in this verse of, you know, what is what is the idea of subduing God's creation and ruling over it? We're responsible for it. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to take care of it. But yet today we have polluted rivers and oceans. Yeah. You've got this giant floating plastic landmass out in the Pacific Ocean mm-hmm. that they're trying to figure out how to get, get rid, rid of. of and it's it's all plastic. You know. We have growing landfills. Yeah. We have shrinking forests and wildernesses. And so you have to ask the question, is this the way God planned for us to subdue the earth? Was this his plan? Was his plan? For it to be like this? I don't, I mean, that's a rough one because I don't think it was his initial plan, but he knew it was going to happen because he knows everything. Again, mm. we're going back to a previous episode. I know. Did yeah, he know this, this is a rough one. I think that God, he has a plan for it to come back. I think he's going to give us a solution to solve all of this because, I mean, he knows that this was going to happen. He knew it back when the earth was created because he knows everything. He's, he's known us before we were even born. So here's another question for you. Do you believe that the environmental problem, and I just want to put a side note here. I'm not an environmental activist at all. I think that they've gone completely one yeah. direction with this, like it's been politicized and it's all about money. But I do believe in taking care of God's creation. Mm-hmm. And there are certain ways that we can do that as followers of Christ. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Do you think that the root problem of our environment and the way it is today, because there's there's even opposing views within the church, mm-hmm. do you think the root problem comes down to sin in the world? Because some some say, and I kind of lean this way, that the reason our environment is in such a mess that it is, is due to greed, which is a sin. Yeah. Uh, We wanted bigger products, more products, distribution, easy access. Yeah. And greed and corporations have created this monstrosity. Yeah. And we've gotten away from growing our own crops and tending our mm-hmm. own fields. And and, and we're yeah. not an agricultural society anymore. I get that. And so we have, you know, convenience is what it's all about. But in the process of the convenience, this packaging more than anything that we've created is what is really killing our environment. And the factories and, and all the different regulations they put on factories to control the emissions of gases and those kinds of things and the waste that's created yeah. from all these. The bottom line, it, it comes to corporate greed, but at the same time, we like our luxuries. You're listening to The Kitchen Table. We are a father-son podcast discussing faith, music, and culture. I also... I might be completely wrong. Is gluttony, gluttony's a sin, right? Gluttony. Like laziness and all that. Yeah. I think that might be it too. Cause I mean, some people, they just don't care and they'll throw their garbage, like littering. Yeah. I feel like gluttony is kind of a play into there too with all of that. Just not taking care of it. Cause they think, oh, the earth is always going to be here no matter what. Well, if we keep destroying and making the earth garbage, it's going to be an inhabitable place soon. Because it's just all the garbage that's here and all the toxins and all the... Selfishness? 
Does that come into play? That, that could come into play too. Because Scripture actually says in Psalm 24, verse 1, The earth is the Lord's and all of its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. Okay, so we have to understand, we don't own this world as followers of Christ. The <laughs> earth, just like the vineyard in, in Jesus' parable in Matthew 21, it's a trust that's given into our keeping mm-hmm. by the maker of it. Yeah, and God has tasked us with tending his garden. Yeah. So we owe him a positive return, just like the, the parable that Jesus talked about mm-hmm. the vineyard, a positive return on his investment of creation. Again, back to that verse in Genesis where it talks about ruling over it. God has given us as human beings the challenge and the word rule over it. This does not mean that we can pillage it, that we can abuse it, we can you know, just use the earth's resources up as quickly as possible. Dominion, the word dominion that he uses, that involves responsibility. It involves mm-hmm. accountability. It's a mandate to care for this world, us take care for this world as God cares for us in this world. So how should this stewardship be applied to the life of the modern technological world we live in today. You know, even the technological advances of computers that wear out. Where do those computers go when you get rid of them? Well, I mean, they have those, uh, is it, tech, I don't know what they're officially, technology recycle they do. drives? They do, and we should do that, but the fact of the matter is... No one takes it up, like no one takes... How many of them just get tossed in the trash? Exactly, they don't that's get what I mean, like no one actually goes out... I mean, we've always done it because you're a tech-savvy guy and you want to recycle, but not everyone takes that opportunity. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, like, yeah. everybody just throws them out. Well, plus, when you do take it to the recycling center, how many components in a laptop, per se, are recyclable? Yeah. How much of it gets broken down and how much that of it— That is true. Because, I mean, there's plastic in there. There's lots of metal alloys in there. It's hard to say. It is. Thanks for listening to The Kitchen Table. We're a father-son podcast talking about faith, music, and culture. So we have a responsibility. Every Christian has a responsibility to care deeply about our world, God's creation. We must do this not only for the sake of our environment, but also as a way of serving humankind. Our interaction with the environment should aim to improve human life, alleviating the suffering of people of this planet. Yeah. If we really work at it as followers of Christ, we can alleviate hunger, thirst, poverty in Um, our world. Yeah. I mean, there's so many opportunities to either jump on a missions trip and go. I I know people that have gone to Africa to build wells. So you have missions trips. You have you can donate to charities that go out and do those like give those mission trips and and go out and do wells and just praying. I think those are three simple ways. The donating and the going out to do the mission trip itself. Yes, it does take a, it, it takes a little money. The the praying. I mean, even prayer prayer works. So the, I mean, those are just a few simple things you can do to help. Right. We have to take this principle, this challenge that God gave us to take care of His creation, and we have to, like you said, pray, study, seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and how we respond to it as followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. We have to be. We have to be vocal saying that, yeah, we are protectors of God's creation, but we also have to do specific things. And so what are some of the things that we can do as followers of Christ of taking care of God's creation? One of the things is, and it, it costs a little money, but buy organic. Yeah. You know, pesticides, chemicals that uh, we use in agriculture, they're not healthy for our planet. 
Um, they're not healthy for us as individuals. Mm-hmm. And so to buy organic, you know, the nutritional value of an apple that's organic versus an apple that's been grown with pesticides. It's so much better. No, actually, it's nothing. Really? It, the nutritional value is the same. Is of it just the apple. The, the taste that tastes different? Well, the taste, it, you, maybe you can taste the difference as well. But the fact of the matter is, is you're putting those chemicals in your body. So then you could go back to the yeah. scripture that talks about how your body is a temple mm-hmm. and you have to protect it. By buying organic, that means the producers of you know, those crops will want to grow more organic and use less chemicals and pesticides, which yeah. is better for the planet. Also, shop locally. This has been a big movement that's been happening lately. We love to go to the, the farmer's market mm-hmm. and buy locally. That means that you're not going to have all the crops and you know, the variety of fruits and vegetables you want. Yeah. Year round. Think about it. In the middle of winter, most of our fruit's coming from South America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. We, we can't grow it. We don't have growing seasons that go all year long where we live. Shop locally and get, you know, support local farmers that are mm-hmm. growing. And usually it's, it's organic, you know, where it's coming from, which is a great thing. Another thing we can do, and again, the percentage of our population that grows today ourselves is, is minuscule, but planting a garden yourself, doing what you can yourself. I was like, our church has a good outreach program. We have a, a garden program at our church. It seems to be doing really well. We have a, a little patch in the, the grass field across the parking lot from our church. Right. They give the crops for free. Yeah, they actually give it to people who need it. They actually have a wagon set up right in our church parking lot says that says free, free vegetables. They also take it out to food pantries in the area, and they need those fresh vegetables, and they yeah, know they're they grown locally. Great thing is we have the two uh, plots at our church that we grow on, but then people within our church I was like, are they also have they're having the gardens at their homes, and they're doing them at their homes as well and donating to the cause, which is great. We mentioned diapers, using cloth diapers. It's a lot more work. It will encourage you to potty train your children quicker. (laughs) (laughs) Reducing your yard work. Avoid chemicals to kill weeds and encourage grass growth. I think that one, that one's a challenge for you. You hate hate tall grass. Well, just don't use the chemicals, but pull the weeds. And it's more work, yes. Yeah. You already do that. I do. I pull a lot of weeds. You do. Borrowing items instead of buying them. Really? Now think Uh, about it. Yeah, that takes less. It'll take less... um, if you have a, a power tool or something that that you need to, you know, rather than buying, let's let's just borrow them. Let's share amongst each other. And I think that that also helps build community. Absolutely, because then you're asking your yeah, neighbors uh-huh. for things. <laughs> Important part is to remember to return them. That's your Christian. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, downsizing, going simpler. We don't need a four thousand square foot home. And if you look at homes that are mm-hmm. built from the 1950s to homes that are being built today, the size is dramatically bigger. Dramatically. Why? Our families are not any bigger. In fact, our family sizes are smaller than yeah. the 1950s. It's because we think we need more space because we have more stuff mm-hmm. and we have to have more room to keep that stuff. The phenomenon of storage places just drives me crazy. If you have so much stuff that you have to pay to store it in a garage, why? Yeah, They're just that things, is interesting. You know, downsizing. The small house movement's kind of a thing. My wife could never do that, but yeah, your favorite TV show is uh, is it what's it called? Small house, tiny house. I don't know what it is. It's like the ones where it's like you can't fit a TV in it. Well, sure you can. You just have to be creative. So there are just some specific ways that uh, you can start with the environment. Yep. Asking you know products that you like, rather than buying the big plastic jug of laundry detergent every. Mm-hmm. you know, six weeks. And you I actually know people who make their own laundry Make their detergent. own. Yeah. We've, we've done that as well. You make your own, you have a five-gallon bucket, and you just make your own laundry detergent. Yeah. Or you buy recyclable 
refills to that plastic yeah. bottle you all mm-hmm. have. That's you know, much better. So lots of ways there. Again, we do have that responsibility as followers of Christ to tend to take care of God's environment and do what we can to uh, turn the trend away from uh, how we've really abused our environment, not in a political way. That's not yeah. what we're looking at here, but just as a way of preserving this creation that God has uh, made for us. Mm-hmm. So that will wrap up Faith Question for this week. Let's move into Music Matters. So this week I have a song. It is new, and I heard it, and I fell in love with it immediately. Just a great song. And, and really I felt I fell in love with the, the message of the song more than anything. And it's an artist that you probably never have heard of. I haven't. Yeah. You texted it to me, and I was like, who? Yeah, exactly. And it's not even getting radio play yet, but I hope it will be soon, because I think it's it's a message that people need to hear. Hmm. It's a church, I believe, in Anaheim, California. The band is called Influence Music, but the singer on this song is uh, Melody Noel. This is the name she goes by. Her last name is Hernandez. She grew up, her father was a mariachi performer and so she grew up yeah she grew up doing mariachi but um, she has been around kind of behind the scenes for a while she graduated from clive davis's school in new york city which clive davis is is the guy that brought you you know whitney houston and and all the major pop singers yeah and she's done a lot of writing with like gloria stefan and different you know mainstream artists but she's a worship leader that's her passion that's her call and so this is a song called Mistakes. It's a song, and I'll just tell a little bit about, you know, the, the message behind the song. And it's basically, you've heard the phrase, God doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't make mistakes. And that's why I think this is a message that a lot of people hear, the, some of the lyrics. But you don't see me different. I am your reflection. You don't make mistakes, and you didn't start with me. Even though I'm far from where I know I'm supposed to be, you don't make mistakes. And heaven would agree that in your eyes I'm everything that I was made to be because you don't make mistakes. What a great message for someone. I, I, yeah. People struggle with that. They struggle with self-image, that uh, they don't live up to what God wants, that God couldn't love them. And man, this is, this is a powerful song. So you're going to hear a little snippet of it, and I encourage you to uh, find the video on YouTube and just uh, watch it. It's powerful. It's called uh, Mistakes, again by Influence Music and Melody Noel. No, that was a really good song. I love it. It's great. I think it'll speak to a lot of people. Yeah. All right, so my song for the week, it's an old one for me. Uh, it's not a new one, but... It's a few years old. It's, it's a it's a song that kind of came back in my playlist, and I like re-fell in love with it. It's Manifesto by the City Harmonic. The song is just kind of like... It's like a triumph song. Like It's a worship God is great. God is here. And it's just amazing. My favorite part about the song is they use the entire Lord's Prayer as the bridge. Mm -hmm. It makes you look at the Lord's Prayer in a different viewpoint. And it's one of my favorite songs. So um, here's Manifesto by the City Harmonic.
Yeah, love that song. It's from a few years ago. Yeah. And uh, I actually know those guys from that band. They're from Canada. They were part of, and I forget which city. I don't think it was Toronto. It could have been, but I think it was a smaller city in Canada where the churches of that city, no matter what denomination, they all came together to have a true impact on changing their city. And so, you know, the city harmonic, the name, Mm -hmm. they came out of that movement of those churches coming together. And and, uh, he actually, the lead singer, goes around and speaks to groups and encourage other cities to do that, where churches come together, put aside the little theological differences yeah. that sort of define I the love church those. today. Those are my favorite events. Yeah, and and really make a difference. And so, great mm-hmm. song from them. It is. We're going to go back to the, uh, what do you call it? Oldie, the oldie but goldie. Oldie but goldie. Going back to 1984. 1984, I was a freshman in high school. And this is the number four song of the year. There was a brother, brothers and sister group called the Archers. That was her last name. Back in the late 70s, 80s, I actually saw the Archers perform at a youth conference in 1987. Uh, very 80s techno stuff. So old. I know. But uh, <laughs> one of the brothers, Steve Archer, also did some solo stuff. And so um, he had the number four song in 1984, Song of the Year, and it was called Through the Eyes of Love. So I wanted to play a little bit of this one. Steve Archer, you're oldie but goldie. Interesting. I'm going to have to give that one a full listen. You know, the 80s, the whole keyboard action mm-hmm. going. I mean, that little keytar. Keytar, little keytar, yeah. That was a good keytar. All right, so that's Music Matters. And now, of course, we uh, move into a segment we call Culture Shock. Okay, so this week in Culture Shock, we are heading back to school for many folks that are listening. Some people are even transitioning. So transition week is happening for us this week. That's me. Tonight, as we're recording this podcast, we are moving Jake into his college dorm. It's weird. Because band camp starts tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yep. Kind of doing a little 10 ways to make a Christian transition to college. Yeah. You never go back after this point. And and this is transition, whether you're a going to a Christian school or a secular school, doesn't matter. This is transition to college as a follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. Here's some things to remember. So advice for anyone transitioning yep. to college. All right. So number one is do not ditch your healthy habits. Um, you have healthy habits? I, I'm, I've been working on it. Uh, I'm trying. I'm not trying to gain that freshman 15, but everybody says it's inevitable. It's not inevitable. It, it really isn't. It's, it's easy to deal about colleges. You have cafeterias and it's, you know, you swipe uh-huh. your little ID, you go in, it's all you can eat. Yep. And uh, there's pizza always available. There's burgers always available. Chicken sandwiches always available. Mm-hmm. But you know what? There are other things there, like salad bars yep. and stir fry. And a deli. And, and the deli, you know. So there are healthy options there. You just have to watch your what you're eating and the amount of food yep. you're eating. And the best way you can just avoid uh, calories is don't drink the soda. Yeah. I've been, I've been trying to cut out soda in my life. The difficult one. So that's one way that uh, you can make that transition to college. Uh, second way is get involved. Now, yeah. what does that mean? Well, I've been told that because we live two blocks away from campus. I think getting involved is just finding things that you like to do in high school or things that you wanted to do in high school, but your high school didn't give the opportunity. Like um, I went to a small private school. They didn't have marching band. I did marching band my freshman year because I went to a public school. But then I moved to a uh, different school, 
and they didn't have it. So I am trying to redo marching band again. I'm trying to do student council. I did that in high school. I really loved it. So I think just getting involved is finding things that you love to do, like intramurals if you're a sports or... And it's important because you don't want to just, okay, academics, that's the priority, but it's that full experience of going to college is being involved with different groups and things mm-hmm. that you're passionate about. And you have to find that healthy balance. You don't want to overschedule yourself and sign up for too many things, but you want to do things that, uh, that are fun, yeah. that, that give you opportunity to be stretched and grow as an individual during those years. And then speaking about academics, number three is hit the books. Yes, you are experiencing the new stage of life, but it's still college. You still need to study. I know we all hate it. Even me, I hate studying. We are there for the academic purpose of learning to go on to our jobs. A lot of times you move to college and it's a whole other academic level Mm -hmm. and you actually don't know how to study. Yeah. You know, because it's different and they don't really teach you how to study in high school. I had to learn how to study in college and how you study is different based on the individual. What works for me, I'll read the chapter that's required, of course, but then I will go through and I will write out notes to the chapter. That's how I found I best not just read the material, but understand the material and then I'm able to study those notes when it comes to taking tests, which is a great thing. Number four is keep your family close. My family's two blocks away. For Jake, that's another thing. But what that means is communicating with your parents. Yes. Communicating with your siblings. They're they're left behind. Uh Um, I will admit that I did a horrible thing when my mom and my brother dropped me off for college. You didn't hug your mom. I didn't hug her goodbye. And she cried most of the way home. Kill me if I didn't. And I was a selfish 18 year old who didn't have a clue in the world. Hug your parents goodbye when they drop you off, please. All right. So number five is do not make dating your goal in college. You've already committed to the first semester, correct? Yeah, yep. I, I told myself I would not date until second semester. But what's what's the what's the joke? The is it the MR degree? The MRS degree. MRS. Coming to get Mrs. married. Degree, yeah. yeah. Relationships are important. These are important years. Take it slow. Mom didn't though. She didn't. No. <laughs> That's the thing about when you go to a small Christian school is, one, it's it's small. Now, the school that I went to is double the size it was then. You are in class together a lot. If yeah. you're studying sort of the same thing, you're eating the cafeteria together a lot. So you spend a lot of time together, more uh-huh. than just a typical high school boyfriend-girlfriend kind of thing, you know? You also don't want to limit yourself. Yeah, I think with that's also kind of tags along with getting involved because you don't want to, you want to try new things. I mean, that's what college is about. Yeah, but at the same time, you'd also, I think what they're going with here and don't want to limit yourself is um, if you're going to a secular school, there'll be opportunities that are not Christ-like. Yeah. So you have to be careful there. And especially talking about alcohol in this, uh, this list of, of limit yourself. Um, Yeah. When you're faced with temptation, it's incredibly crucial to remember God's word and maintain moral standards. So kind of just keep that in mind. Because if you're going to a secular school, you will be faced with all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. All right. Number seven is put yourself out there. It kind of says that college is a, a new experience and every freshman has not experienced it yet. Meeting people who share similar interests is a terrific way to make friends when transitioning to college. Another one here is love others even when it's hard. I think that's a life. That's not college. Yeah, it that's is. a life but, thing. But what's happening here is a lot of times uh, you're put together with a roommate that you think is going to work out that doesn't, um, mm-hmm. someone that might be difficult. I did not know. I had two roommates my first year, 
in college, my first semester, and I did not know them before then. Uh, they did it completely different then, the way they do it today. Really? Where you like, get to know people and hey, say, you know, kind of see who fits. Yeah. Share interests. You can do like the whole match.com there, thing. A, yeah. <laughs> they call it but roommate, one of, roommate.com. You know, one of the roommates, we were night and day different. And uh, why he chose to come to a faith school is beyond me because he did not live that lifestyle. We were constantly butting heads on morality. He knew right away that the school we were at wasn't a fit for him. That's why he left at the end of the semester. Yeah. Um, the other roommate I had, we were a great fit. You know, he was he was studying to be a pastor, and we roomed together for a couple of years. You'll encounter difficult people, difficult people that'll be in classes with you, that might be on a sports team with you or in a club with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you still have to love them. Number nine is join a campus ministry. Uh, this is with the get involved and just to surround yourself with good influences that are Christ-like influences. And finally, number 10, don't wait to think ahead. It's impossible to really uh, make an 18-year-old try to figure out what they want to do with the rest of their life. Yeah. But you want to think about the future mm-hmm. and what, what you feel that God is calling you to do. Again, we talked about previous episode about knowing God's will for our life. And it's stressful to figure mm-hmm. out what that is. In Proverbs 19, it says, listen to advice and accept discipline. At the end, you will be counted among the wise. Many are the plans in a person's heart but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So find out what you're passionate about. You might change your major. You might not even have a clue about what you want to major. It's like, I've already changed my major and I haven't even hit the first day of school. Don't wait to think ahead about finding your passion and what God wants for you. So there's some transition things to college beyond the uh, lifetime supply of ramen noodles. You should be just fine. <laughs> Amen. I feel like I should uh, learn how to like ramen noodles. All right. So that is a uh, culture shock for this week. Well, we want to thank you for tuning in for this episode. Uh, again, how we as Christians have responsibility to protect our environment and ways that we can do that. Get it some music. Hope you like the music. Again, mm-hmm. check those songs out if you have a chance on uh, YouTube. And then our Culture Shock segment as Jake transitions to college this week. His mom is not ready. I'm definitely ready. Ouch. Sorry. It's not I want to get rid of you. <laughs> You're going to be down the street. It's not going to okay. be a big deal. So again, thanks for listening. Uh, If you have a faith question, we would love to hear from you. The best way to uh, let us know about your faith question is to be a part of the Kitchen Table discussion group Mm -hmm. that is on the Shine.fm Chicago Facebook page, just like that page, and then ask to be a part of the group. We'll let you in if you ask, no problem. You can also send us a tweet if you have a question. Uh, My Twitter account, Brian Utter. Utter underscore butter 99. is Jake's Twitter account. So again, thank you so much for tuning in to the Kitchen Table. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great week, guys. Thanks for listening to The Kitchen Table on the Shine.fm Podcast Network from Olivet Nazarene University. Be sure to subscribe for more content delivered each week on faith, music, and culture.